welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is my amazing co-host, Court Winsett. Hello. And there's the opening bell. We are so excited to be back with episode two, and this one is all about where does the money come from, so you know what that means. Show me the money! Oh, Katie, you had me at hello. Oh, yes. Love it. So, on this episode, we're going to talk about income. Sounds simple, but we're going to go across all the different ways of where where the money is, where does it come from. And so before we can get really into what it's going to be about, where this money is coming from and all the different elements of it and how you can really analyze what it is, oh, understand, sorry, we're trying not to use big words and jargon. We're trying to make sure that we I make it okay as simple as possible. Analyze. Okay. I think people probably know what analyze okay, well, means. I, I mean... <laughs> If you're listening to this early in the morning, you had your coffee yet. I'm well, trying to make sure that's okay. Then we need to be using one-syllable words. Okay, so syllables. You got to clap. <laughs> clap two times. What is it? Okay, we're getting off target. Let's do something. You know, let's do the top five. Oh, top five already. All right. Today, our top five is going to be uh, not just where your money comes from, because that'd be a little bit too easy, but the top five most bizarre jobs, at least according to Katie and according to me. Katie, <laughs> you're going to do your list of top five, then I'll do my list of top five most bizarre jobs, the most bizarre places that money can come from. Okay, so we did some research on this, and we're you know taking away some of those that you may first bring to mind that kind of are a little inappropriate, so we try to keep this very PG. <laughs> First one I thought of was um, the unboxing videos on YouTube. I actually know somebody who got paid to just open different products, like a new iPad or you know, a new camera. And it was just a video of them getting into the mail and taking the tape off and unboxing it. And they got paid to post this video. I do know people that get a, a, an odd satisfaction out of watching someone pull that film <laughs> off of the screen of an iPhone, and I feel like you could probably that's almost that's almost like um, you know what's what's the word I can't think of the word um, though anyway you know people just get uh, get an odd thrill out of watching that you could probably make a lot of movie <laughs> a lot of money just doing films of peeling peeling films off of iPhones yeah um, so interesting. Uh, my number two, food critic. I think this kind of goes back to uh, my love for the movie My Best Friend's Wedding. And Julia Roberts plays a food critic. And I just thought it was kind of the coolest thing because she walks in there and everyone starts panicking because she is the ultimate save if a restaurant's going to make it or not. Mm. And so, I mean, I think that's a cool, cool, bizarre, fun way. You just get to go sample new restaurants and different dishes. Uh, number three, professional line stander. And this is someone that, you pay to go stand in line for you for concert tickets for the new hot thing. Uh, apparently, it's really big in New York. You mm. actually get paid uh, twenty five dollars an hour, and there's a company called Sold Same Old Line Dudes. So, um, do people still stand in line for oh, concert I, tickets? I, think, I mean, I don't know, but I think they would stand in line for like iPhones and stuff like well, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I remember when when I was a kid, we would we would camp out overnight in line at the local Ticketmaster to uh-huh. to so that we could be in line first thing in the morning when the tickets went on sale. And I, I don't think people still do that. I could be wrong. I know when I was in New York a couple of years ago, we went to go try out this cookie dough place because that was before they were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then we're standing in line and somebody in line told us like, yeah, in New York, we have a problem of lines to start forming and no one really knows what it is. You just know there's a line. It's obviously something great is at the end of this line. So you get in it. 
I see. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if if I could take pay to stand in line for someone else if it was something that that really excited me. So I would have to probably, you know, beg off. Driven on that by job. the money, though. That's what it is. That's well, what we're saying. They money, need to do money. this. That was your three, I think. No, yeah, that was three. So four. Um, the chief fortune cookie writer. So this is a job I looked it up. I think he makes about forty thousand dollars a year. He, she, whoever it may be, but they write. The fortune cookie little messages. It seems like they might be getting bored these days because I've seen more and more bizarre fortunes of late than I than I remember seeing, you know, in the in the previous decades. But that's probably probably for a reason because then you may go post that on your social media, so then someone else wants to go get Asian food, so then okay. they can get a fortune cookie and they can see if they got a bizarre one. It's Which brilliant. <laughs> that's why the big money is now in fortune cooking cookie writing. It is. Okay, and my last one, um, Court and I actually had a conversation about this the other day, about uh, the people that name nail polish, and specifically OPI, because they've got some crazy ones out there, but uh, a couple of ones I looked up was crawfishing for a compliment and don't bossa nova me. Now see, I, I think that the names themselves are absolutely bizarre, but the fact that it took a person who professionally was brought in to write those names makes sense because you would practically have to have a comedian on your payroll to mm-hmm. be able to come up with the names that you're describing yeah, like, that's not just red that's vodka and caviar red <laughs> i mean what does that even mean vodka's clear caviar's black but it's a red nail polish it's beautiful i love it but I, you know did, I, I could just be making this up off the top of my head just to be more uh, argumentative but don't they also have red caviar isn't that a thing oh yeah i mean i guess they could i don't know i I, i'm not gonna argue the point so (laughs) i apologize i just was wondering so that's my top five what about you my top five well my top five speaking of caviar because i think it's probably about as appetizing as this number one job of mine uh professional dog food taster and i've also seen it online as just professional pet food taster in general but I actually one time saw a professional dog food taster from one of the dog food companies go on, I don't know, David Letterman or something like that, and um, and uh, on on air take taste test a can of uh, wet dog food and mm. sort of give his reaction to it, and it looked so disgusting. I mean, yeah. you know, it just it just the the dog food just did not look pleasant. But there's a guy, at least one. I'm sure there's at least one per company, per pet food company out there, whose job it is to taste pet food. And that just blows my mind because (laughs) how do we know that it tastes the same to them that it does to us? I mean, you know, we know that they like. You know, You're getting real deep there. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> it seems it seems like it would be it'd be kind of subjective, just like anything else. Um, my number two. Okay, this is me showing my age a little bit, and I apologize, but it blows my mind that there are professional gamers. Now, I, let me take it. Let me let me explain it a little bit more. It blows my mind that there are people who make money off of playing video games for an audience. Professional gaming in terms of like going to a, a, a tournament and winning a tournament and winning a prize. I know that's a, a, a good, big deal. That's a good source of income for professional gamers. And I that I understand if you're playing against other people. But the one that blows my mind is there's some there's some new social media thing out there. I can't remember if it's Twitch. Uh, anyway, it's it's some site where basically gamers go on this site and they play and they have followers and the followers watch them play. 
and they get paid by advertisers for probably like Doritos, Mountain Dew, all of yeah, that. I mean, just <laughs> and so they're just going on 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 onto their 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 computer or their 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 station at home and playing this, and then people are watching them, and advertisers are paying them just to play a video game. Just blows my mind. Number four. Um, okay. I'm sorry, I skipped number three. Uh, number three is a very quick story from my childhood. Do y'all remember when they started actually, when trash cans started coming with wheels on them so that you, the the person who owned the house, could roll the trash can down to the curb? Uh, Probably not. Per, no, I don't think so. <laughs> when, when It was when I was a kid that those things first came out. Before that, they just had trash cans in the backyard and you would... Put your trash in your trash can, and then the trash man would come to your trash can and oh, wow. hit it, and then roll it back out to the trash to the to the tr- truck. Hmm. Now, I think in in some other cities they probably had trash cans that were on the street, and but they were cans; they didn't have wheels. And then, uh, you know, magically these trash cans with wheels came out, and the idea was the the person who owned the house would roll the trash can down to the curb for the trash man to come pick up the trash. When I was a kid, my brother was uh, just a little bit older than me, and he came up with the idea when they came out with these that he would go around the neighborhood and get people to sign up for his service, and they would pay him on a weekly basis to roll their trash can down to the curb for them. And he had a little business going for a couple of years. He's making some great income. Entrepreneur there. So, I mean, interesting job. Uh, Okay, number four. Professional sniffer. Somebody actually gets paid to smell people's breath, their underarms, their feet, Mm -mm. to make sure that anti-odor products work. And I'm fine if the the anti-odor product works, but I'm worried about the whole thing when it stops working. And number five, again, showing my age, I don't understand vloggers slash influencers. Again, it's this idea that... These YouTube channels, and I've started to get get it better now because I have a daughter that forces me to sit down and watch these YouTube channels with her. But these people that have their own channel, well, all they do is basically catalog their day and tell their subscribers about their day. And they get, they get sponsors for this because they have so many channel subscribers. And then they're able to go out to other companies and say, I'm an influencer. I have all of these followers. If I promote your brand, these followers will buy your brand. Give me free stuff. And they do. It blows my mind. And then that goes into another episode we're going to talk about about spending because then people see those celebrities, those people they idolize, and they want to have those products. But that's that's another episode we're going to talk about people seeing those and spending their money on it. There are at least a couple on my list that are that I think are bizarre, but that I'm also just sort of driven by jealousy because I wouldn't <laughs> mind having some of these jobs. So that is the top five. And following the top five, we always go into our main topic. It is the meat and potatoes of the portion of the podcast. Okay, so we told you guys we're going to show me the money. We are going to talk about where does your money come from. When we brought up this topic, it kind of seemed like a no-brainer of, okay, you know, what is your income? Where, Where does your money come from? And it's most people have some kind of job and it's, they get a check and that that's where their money comes from, that whatever their job is. But we want to talk about first the beginning of your relationship with getting money. And you mentioned your brother, Court, you know, doing the uh, garbage can mm-hmm. and how that's how he was getting money from outside sources. Yeah. He saw a need, saw that they needed this and he jumped on it. So I remember when I was younger, 
everyone had different things. Some parents would give their kids allowance money and they didn't have to do anything for it. It was just a set of, you know, here's your dollar a week, $5 a week. I don't know. I know that when I was little, I have an older brother, my mom had jars and it had marbles in it. And whenever we would do something good, one of our marbles would get put in our jars. And then my mom had a checkbook of the bank of mom. (laughs) So whenever we were out and about, I'd say, oh, you know, I want this cute little thing from Target. And she'd pull out her checkbook and I, oh, no, 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 no. If it's my money, no. And so that kind of started it. Of course, you know, I did try and grab all the marbles and stick them in my bucket to try and have more. And I, if I was smart, I would have one at a time started adding slowly the marbles yeah, and she would have noticed. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, um, I, you know, yeah, I'm mean, a greedy child. wanted to put all the marbles in mine. But did you have a job growing up? Um, honestly, the first job I remember having is just mowing the lawn. I, I mowed the lawn and I got paid some amount for, for mowing the lawn. We had a relatively decent sized front and backyard and I don't know, I got paid five or $10 for mowing the lawn once a week. Um, my first real job came from a little bit later on down the line, uh, working for a family business. And, um, we had a, we had a family business where we had, um, contractors. We had people that, that weren't employed by us that that we just gave the work out to and they did the work. But then we also had some employees, uh, who went behind the, the, those people and, and checked their work. So we had, we had people that we paid regularly and then we had people that we, paid just when they did a job for us. And um, I was one of the people that got paid regularly, at least during the summers. Uh, and that was my first job job where I was actually, you know, where I actually had to pay taxes and so forth. Yeah, I think my first job was uh, in high school. I was actually a dance teacher's assistant. And so instead of me actually getting the check for what I was doing, it was just deducted from my dues for the classes I was taking. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was a little bit of, yes, I was getting income, but it was more of directly being deducted into what I was already spending. Right. And so when we were talking about where your money comes from, I didn't really realize all the possible ways that even the simplest of oh, your birthday Lanta. checks. It, yes. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. <laughs> we don't, I mean, you don't even, you, we were thinking about it just in terms of, okay, when we, when we initially uh, broke down this episode, we were like, well, jobs, there are so many different kinds of jobs. And then it's like, but that's not the only place that your money, mm-hmm. that you get your money. I mean, you know, um, you've got, you've got your, your, well, you've got, gifts you know you've got if your aunt writes you a birthday check every year and you know um wedding gifts if you get that money whatever it could be and even if someone's passed away and you have an inheritance or trust fund that's income you know i don't have a rental property but if you had a rental property that's some more money coming in Mm -hmm. that most people wouldn't think because you're not necessarily working for that, but you are because it's it's a house that you're renting out to people. Yeah, but you, I mean, you can't rely on any of those things. No. They're just sort of, you know, they're, they're you didn't do anything to get most of it. <laughs> most of that stuff. I mean, I guess with the rental, you 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 went out and bought a house and then rented it to someone, and else you're maintaining it. But I mean, gifts and so forth. You you didn't do anything to get that, probably. <laughs> No, you, but it, just cute or it, it's income. You think about it. It's money coming in. It is. That you can apply. Yeah. So what other types of income are there? I mean, 
I guess we would be remiss if we didn't mention, since we are financial advisors, oh, yes. we didn't actually mention you know investment income, right? Oh, yep, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, so obviously, we're not going to go into a great deal of depth about uh, investment income. That's not just one entire podcast episode. That's probably... A whole series? <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a whole series on that. But we're not there yet. We're still in the basics. But do want to throw that out there that, you know... In investment income is a is a is another type of income, and mm-hmm. then and one of the things that we had uh, not thought about was mineral money, mineral sources, and uh, you're probably going, "What is that?" Yeah, and that's I'm jargon. Sure what that means jargon. Jargon. So this um, is a no jargon. Let, zone, let's go Katie. back to the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, okay. They got that uh, that black gold. What do they call it? Texas Crude tea. oil, Texas tea. So uh, there, there was oil found on their land, and so they got royalties, essentially. They've got money paid to them because they happened to have lived on property that had a substance that someone wanted. Yeah, so someone else, they, they let's see, Jed was out hunting for some food, and he shot at something, and he missed, but the bullet went into the ground and exposed oil on his land, and someone else was willing to pay him and his his family, the owners of that land, money for the oil that was underneath the land. Mm-hmm. Now, presumably, they didn't sell the land itself. They just let somebody come in and take the oil out from underneath the land. That's a lot of words to explain mineral, you know, mineral yeah. rights. But, that you know, that's basically what it is. And then they loaded up the truck and they moved to Beverly. Oh, yeah. The Clampets. They so, had to be in Beverly Hills. Yeah. But there's also the... Issues. I know you hear a lot of times about redeveloping, and someone may come in and that sounded like I don't jargon, jargon. Sorry, yeah. They want to come in and they want to take over parts of your land or all of your land, and so they may offer you money to buy it. So then they may say, you know, for ten years we're going to pay you this amount to take over part of your land. So there's so many different outlets. I don't know. This is a little touchy subject. Another form of income is actually comes from divorce. You know, uh, yes. Zsa Zsa Gabor, who has many of marriages, divorces are had. Um, she said, when a woman gets a divorce, I believe she should give back the ring and keep the stone. <laughs> and uh, we, we actually have a client, um, no names, um, who once told me when I was younger, you know, Katie, you marry for love and you divorce for money. <laughs> so that all goes to say in a funny way, um, child support, alimony, all of that is considered a form of income. When you're looking at your money coming in, that is income. Mm, well, yeah, I mean, you definitely can 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 treat that as income. It's it's never. I will say this: it's never it's never as guaranteed a source of income as as one might hope, because oftentimes the payer does not pay. But so you said guaranteed court. What mm. what can you explain that a little bit? Well, I mean, okay, so. Nothing, really, nothing in life is guaranteed. Certainly, there's very little sorts of of income that you can absolutely rely, you will receive regularly on a week-by-week or a month-by-month basis. That's what I would consider guaranteed. You know that month after month, you are going to get the same amount at the same time and that you're going to be able to rely on that. So when I say, like, for instance, alimony isn't guaranteed, Technically, you should be receiving the same amount, the same time of the month, every month for usually a set number of years. But the the, the fact of the matter is you're relying on someone else, your ex-spouse, who may or may not still like you, 
to pay you that money. They may or may not like paying you that money. So the idea that that's guaranteed that you can count on it month after month really is is uh, is just a false. It's just false. It's wrong. Yeah. Another component of income is if something happens to you, if something, there's a lawsuit, anything like that, you can also get money that way. Legal reward. Legal, yeah. Yes. If you uh, if you go in and you prove that something happened to you and it was either uh, you were in, somebody intentionally injured you or someone did something stupid that resulted in you getting injured, then you go in, you sue them, and they if you prove that they did something stupid and your injury was a result, then they will end up having to pay you some money, and that is income. So we're giving you all these examples of the different ways that you can have income that is so much more than just your typical what we think of as paycheck. But why we're talking about this is because we want you to understand the nature of your income. Really see what income do you have coming in? Is it just that you you work at a job, you get paid two times a month? Are you in a commission-based situation where depending on how much you sell or how much you do, you are compensated that way is in an hourly situation that's where you want to break it down do you have a side hustle right basically there are there are four different ways that you can describe income okay so there's we've already talked about guaranteed Uh uh-huh and then obviously the opposite of that would be non-guaranteed yeah and then there's also fixed and variable Okay, but what you're, you're, is that jargon? I, I feel like we've entered the no jargon zone, okay, but well, you know, you give know me a rules. second to explain. Okay, sorry. Let me explain, Lucy. Explain it to me. <laughs> so, if you have fixed income, you have an income that is coming in regularly, and uh, well, I, I guess almost if you have a fixed and guaranteed income that it's coming in regularly and at the same amount. So that would be like a salary. So guaranteed you can count on it. You can count on it. You can rely on it. Okay. Now, there's there's very few things that you can actually count on. What is the quote about, um, you know, uh, the only two things in life that are, are guaranteed are death and taxes? <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. that's how... You, it's kind of depressing. You, you always okay me. I mean, this is a known thing. <laughs> Everybody says this, or at least I thought everybody said this. I didn't know that. Sorry. Okay. Okay. You know, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little aggressive. I'm getting defensive. Yes, because when you get real depressed, I guess you think about it. Like, no one's really guaranteed your job, even though it's a salary, all self-security, any of that. But we don't want to get Debbie Downer here. So so there are are things, there are types of income that you know are going to be coming in regularly, that you know will happen, and then... So that's that's guaranteed. You know it's coming in. And then there's also the idea of variable. When I say variable income or fixed income, I'm talking about the amount that you're going to receive. So there is variable income where you, you may or may not know that it's always going to come, but you don't know what the amount is going to be every time. And then there's fixed, and that is you know what the amount is going to be. So you have, for instance, if you earn a salary, then that's fixed. It may or may not be guaranteed. You may get fired tomorrow. No offense. I'm, I'm not saying you're going to get fired. I don't, I have no inside information on well, this. Well, if I'm not on the next podcast, you'll all know what happened. It'll be the court show. 
So, you know, it's not necessarily guaranteed, but it is fixed. You know, if you make a salary, then you know how much your paycheck is going to be every time. But if it's variable, then it could be based on any number of factors. For instance, if you're, uh, if you're a, if you are a gig worker, then you, a gig worker, I'm sorry, that's not really jargon, but if you're a, if you're a person that works, you know, like for Uber, or if you're a person that, uh, when I think of a gig, I always think of somebody that's playing in a, in a bar. Music, yeah. Yeah, you know, somebody that's going on tour, like Bradley Cooper, a star is born style or something. (laughs) (laughs) Great movie. It's a fantastic movie. I have it, well, that's a whole different, we we need to do, we actually just need to do a, a pop culture podcast because we, there's so many things we could talk about. But, but that's a horse of a different color. And that is, Dorothy, that is a horse <laughs> of a different color. <laughs> so anyway, variable would be the idea that the, the amount that you're going to receive changes. Your, the, the amount that you're going to make changes based on uh, any number of factors, whether it's the hours that you work or the place where you're working, the number of people that come to see you at a gig, the miles that you're driving because you're an Uber driver, that's all variable. That basically, so you either know exactly how much you're gonna make, you know what your income is going to be on a regular timed basis or you know you're gonna get some money, but you don't know how much. Every time it's it could potentially be different. Boom, cord out. You're saying that kind of fixed would be that I work a job, I get the exact same amount two times a month, but you know, my husband sells cars and so he gets paid based off how many he sells. So it could be one amount, one week and could be totally another amount is that that's what you're saying about fixed and variable right you 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 have an expectation i i you know you have an expectation that once every 14 days or once every 15 days twice a month whatever it is that you will receive a paycheck and you probably know well these days we don't actually receive a paycheck do we it just (laughs) goes straight into an account but you probably know exactly how much you are going to get uh that's fixed and then um, your husband, he may sell 10 cars one month or 10 cars one week. I don't know how many cars he sells. but And then the next month or the next week, he only sells four. And so the pay that he gets that week or that month is going to be way different from month to month. That's variable. Well, and so say that you know, I have a side gig, say that I make cornhole boards or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I do. What is your obsession with cornhole boards? I I've wondered. You brought that up when we weren't when we weren't recording. And I'm just I'm kind of on a cornhole board kick right now. I've got a friend that's actually selling them and she's designing all these different logos on them. And they're beautiful. They're pieces of art. And you think about it. They're conversation pieces. You have friends over there. They are. But so, if I made a reference to the great Cornholio, would you know what I was talking yes. about? Okay. Yes, Just absolutely, okay. absolutely. Um, but so that is a form of income that's a variable because if I was to be selling cornhole boards or whatever it may be that I'm selling, that I have no idea how many people are going to buy these. Mm-hmm. But that is important to still recognize that as a income coming in. There's, I've when I was going through marriage counseling prior to the wedding that they mm-hmm. make you do. One of the comments that someone made was like, oh, yeah, you know, my wife has this little job over there, um, but we don't count that. 
No, any income, any money coming in should be counted, whether it is the, you know, trust fund money coming in, birthday checks, selling cornhole boards, working a paying gig. I don't know. Money little, is money. Little wifey might not agree with you. Little wifey <laughs> might have been like, no, all of his money is our money. But well, all of that, this no, no, money no. over here is That's a whole other thing of separating finances we'll when you get married. probably have to discuss that Totally different podcast on that. <laughs> we have lots to talk about with that. Okay, so basically all of the money that comes in, you need to take all of it into account, but you you have you have the the money that you you if we if we really really oversimplify things, you have either you have both money that you didn't earn and money that you did earn. And so by money that you did earn, we're talking about jobs. And those jobs could be making cornhole boards with the great cornholio or being a financial advisor. <laughs> Or being a financial advisor, you could be a salaried employee. You could hourly. Have hourly employee where you get paid a certain rate for the number of hours you work. You could get paid by commission where you're getting paid based on sales that you've made. So we've talked about understanding the nature of it and really talking about all the different ways that you have this money. But I, we wouldn't be being correct if we weren't telling you about the potential of your income as well and that... If you are in a position where you could, you know, go to school, then of course that's going to be costing more money, but then that's a way to then increase your income. Or if you do have a job where you're at the level you can be, that's where you may add a side job and that's how you can really maximize your potential of income. Yeah. I mean, there are those people out there that that probably, you know, don't even consider they have so many jobs that one job couldn't be considered a side job over another. Mm-hmm. If you're having to work three jobs just to just to maximize your income, then no one job might be the job that you uh, that you consider a, a career. You know, you might be a musician. You might work gigs. Gigs are never guaranteed. You never know yeah. from one week to the next if you're going to be playing at a club, playing for a, a private party or whatever. So you take that income when you can get it. And if you're successful enough, great. Maybe you can make a living off of it. But if you're not successful enough, then maybe you have to tend bar. And so then you're doing something where you're working nights at bars and making money off of tips and, you know, possibly getting paid and making money off of tips. And then... And if that's what you're passionate about, then absolutely. Great. Fantastic. So, you know, you, you, you got all of these different possible sources of income. But then maybe you also are working, maybe you're working at a law firm and you're working at a law firm as a as a part time person who basically runs stuff. It's called a runner. So basically you deliver items from the law firm to the court or whatever, and they call them runners and they're Mm -hmm. usually part time. But the reason you're doing that is because you want that in at the law firm because you're also going to law school. Oh yeah. While you're doing all of these other things, you're also going to law school and you're, you know, you're, you're trying to improve yourself. You're trying to work toward uh, another goal, work toward another career. Um, and so your hope is that one day you might actually graduate law school and get a job at the firm where right now you're just uh, working as a runner. Absolutely. So the reason we're really diving deep into figuring out the nature of your income and the full potential of it is because this is part of, again, we're starting at the beginning. We want you to fully understand your income because then we're going to now talk about in another episode, 
where you're spending your money. And then it's going to lead into budgeting and it's going to lead into this whole great thing of how we're going to help you get control of you, that you have control of your income, you have control of your spending. So that's what I want to just remind everybody, like we are taking everything piece by piece. And so this was step one of it is understanding your income, understanding all these different outlets. Hmm. I think that that, uh, that probably is a, is a good place to, to try and find your sum up, Katie. So why don't you give me what your bullseye for this episode is? So my bullseye, whether you're unboxing and making videos on YouTube, you're a food critic, whatever it may be, is just take a look at all the different ways that you're getting money in, understand the nature of that income, look at the potential of your income, but just start at the very beginning, see where it's coming in, see how it's all going to fit into our future episodes to really make a difference in your life. What about you, Court? No, I get that. And I'm kind of on board with your bullseye. I I think the whole point of this episode is just to kind of make people aware that there are dozens, hundreds, millions sources of income. I mean, there's income is not just the paycheck that you get from your boss at the end of every week. Uh, income is everything. And so be aware of where all you, uh, of all of the different places that you have money uh, coming in. And that way you'll know what your resources are so that you'll know what you have and what you'll have available to you to use to improve yourself and to improve your life. Bullseye! Oh, we're all awake now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, I think I hear the closing bell. That means it's time for us to wrap this thing up. I do, before we leave, want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to us. This is, of course, our second episode, so we hope that you will come back many, many more times because we will be putting many, many more of these out. But in the meantime, if you'd like to find out more about us, me or Katie, you can look us up at our website at bullcastpodcast.com. You can interact with us through the website and submit questions. If you have questions you'd like to like for us to address on the podcast, then we're hoping that maybe around episode four or five we'll actually have questions coming in and we'll be able to answer those during a Q&A session that we will add to the podcast. But for now, if you want to interact with us live-ish, then you can interact <laughs> with us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Bullcast Podcast, or you can interact with us on Instagram. Our Instagram name is Bullcast Podcast. And Katie and I also happen to work for a financial advisor, and the name of that firm is Pickler Wealth Advisors. And you can find out more about that firm and find out more about its team and the two of us at its website, which is PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors spelled with an O. Until next time, I'm Court. I'm Katie. And that's all she wrote.